0: Find that person that is aligned with you, that believes in you, and don't settle. And compensate that individual higher than you typically would. That's all you need, that one special person. And that could be your COO, that could be your second command, could be a sales leader, could be your operations leader. But it really, just identify that person, and you'll see your growth tremendously. Woo! Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you Let's go.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. I'm your host Sheree Prince and we are joined today by RJ Grimshaw, author and founder of ABLE Leadership. RJ, thanks for joining us.
0: Hi, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to talk about entrepreneurship as well as ABLE Leadership.
1: Right now, even before ABLE, you're also the former CEO and President of Unified Equipment Finance, correct?
0: Correct. I've spent my career, my professional career per se, uh, in equipment financing, which was helping small business owners across the country finance the equipment that they need for their company either become more efficient and or to grow from a revenue perspective in a service industry. So we worked with a lot of franchisees and franchisors in terms of financing their service vans, trucks, and things of that nature to help them, again, grow their business and really give their uh, differentiator to their employees for newer equipment and made it easy for them to acquire that equipment that they need.
1: Tell us about the transition to the new company, Able Leadership.
0: It's very interesting. I've always firmly believed in really having a roadmap and having a journey in terms of what I wanted to do with my career, as I mentioned earlier. And I was fortunate enough that I was actually born into a family of entrepreneurs. So I've always been around, my dad owned a business, my mom owned her own business. Grandparents on both sides of my family owned their own business. My uncle owned his own, he was an optician, owned several locations. So it was just natural for me to want to be an entrepreneur, but I fell into corporate America by accident after I sold my interest uh, in our business, my business with my brother that we started at the age of 23. It left me with an opportunity. And again, strictly by accident, where I fell into corporate America and started my career with financing and what really attracted me to that was again I was working with business owners and owning a business I understood from their perspective what they were dealing with on a daily basis so the differentiator was I wasn't like a typical finance person or a banker I know I knew what it was to meet payroll I knew what it was to work with your insurance company and your DSO and your AR and things of that nature so there was just a an instant you know credibility um, when I was able to, to meet with business and, and we grew Unify. Long story short, over the last ten years, I'm the second president of the organization that was started in 1978. And when I joined there, we were right around 13 million in sales revenues, so larger than a small to medium sized company. And then we grew it over the last ten years to 100 and uh, right around 120 million and really a lot to do with is just surrounded by the team and an entrepreneurship um, culture that I love talking about. And that's what I'm now doing, working with business owners and managers across the country to in essence, deploy this type of operating system and a culture into your business. And it doesn't matter if you're a small business with five people or if you're a big business with thousands of people. And really what the principle is, the definition of an entrepreneur, is a person that thinks just like an entrepreneur, however, within the confines of a corporation or a business. And typically they don't have any risk from a monetary perspective in the business. But again, their behaviors are just like the business owner. And we actually try and align the business owner with the entrepreneur to commission on the vision and mission of the organization. And there has to be alignment there. So again, I just do a lot at you, but it really is, it really is a solution that'll fix as many problems within a company when you have entrepreneurs in terms of your employee engagement, discretionary effort, ownership mentality, accountability. So that's why we've and when we grew unified, not with more bodies, which you would think, okay, you grew from 13 to 150. We actually sh- shrunk the organization from a human capital perspective. And still grew because we were selecting the right people to get on the bus with us. Um, and we were very transparent with who we were during that interview process.
1: You talked about the difference between an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. What is the entrepreneur mindset? Because if I'm an entrepreneur, is there a risk that this person may decide, hey, I want to maybe take this catalog of business and start my own company? Like just what is the mindset and things that we need to be aware of as entrepreneurs?
0: That's a wonderful point. And that is a consideration that you should have in terms of when you bring these type of people within your organization because they do think differently they have an ownership mentality they're a calculator risk taker they're passionate about life they're life learners they're always to learn something new and that is a fear where they could come into your business learn your business and go out and do it on your own but typically remember what i mentioned earlier they're a calculator risk taker where your entrepreneur typically if they see a a problem that they want to solve they'll go all in And we've had entrepreneurs within Unify that have left our organization. However, we viewed it as that's a positive because they gave us two or three or five years of dedicated services to make Unify a better organization to serve our customers. And in essence, if they wanted to go somewhere else, we actually would applaud them and try and get them there. However, the caveat was they weren't going to go compete against us or in terms of they're not going to open up a shingle. But still, at the end of the day, my perspective always was. They can go do that. It's gonna cause some heartburn and friction within the organization, but still we have to out-compete them and out-execute them. And if we are firmly believing in who we are and what we do and how we serve our customers, th- that's fine. Competition I view is good. You could put non-competes in place if you're really concerned about it. Um, but at the end of the day, so many business owners or so many businesses believe that what they do is so special and proprietary At the end of the day, let's be honest, it's really not. If you peel away the onion, it comes down to the people within the organization. Just like I love using sports as metaphors. You look at a football team, NFL football team, they all play on the same size field. They all play in the same elements, typically. They all have the same amount of players. It comes down to the execution piece of it and the culture within the organization. And you can look at that, what's going on here in Detroit, which I'm just outside of, here with the Detroit Lions, when they changed leadership and changed who they were internally, now you see that they're winning. Nothing else has changed except for the people. And and that's really what able leadership talks about as well as entrepreneurship.
1: So how do you cultivate an atmosphere that allows entrepreneurs to thrive?
0: It starts at the top, it starts with leadership and it can't be just a one month initiative. It's truly a cultural change. And really at the end of the day, the foundation of it is just idea sharing and we have a software that allows that vehicle of idea sharing within the organization where it can stack rank different ideas. Um, you can put in your uh, your ideas with your name or without your name. So if people want to share ideas, but they don't want to be felt back at them or, or just they want it to be you know, confidential, we're able to do that as well. Um, but again, it's a, really a 12 month, we believe it's a 12 month line and framework to change the culture within the organization. And the benefits of that, what you're gonna see is again, discretionary effort identifying your entrepreneurs, process improvement, product improvement, revenue ideas, expense reduction ideas. But again, it's fostering the opportunity for people in your organization to share their ideas and studies have said that three quarters of every single employee within an organization has ideas that they believe that could change or help the organization. But we're not listening to those folks. So when we start listing those folks, and again, it starts with the leadership and we go in, we work with the leadership team, and then we provide the proper tools. And then it's an operating system similar to EOS, which is very popular, and very good. And we use that as well. But this is just more of the culture and the people aspect of it. We also do assessments on all the team members to ensure that we're not trying someone to ask someone to be something that they either aren't or they don't want to be. And again, I go back to sports metaphors. It's like taking a quarterback that's a throwing quarterback and saying, okay, we want you to run the ball every time. It just doesn't work. So it's very critical, I'll close this point with it's very critical that the entrepreneur and the entrepreneur's values mission are aligned. That's the only way it really works, where we've coached people that on the individual side is an entrepreneur, but their mission and values didn't align with the business that's not a good mix. Go find a business that you're aligned with. And that's what we attracted at Unify, where people came into the company wanting to be there and understood who we were and how we wanted to serve our customers.
1: Okay, let's expand that a little bit because you mentioned earlier that you were able to grow your business while reducing the number of actual bodies and employees that you had. What is the difference between a functional versus a vital employee? How do you make those decisions?
0: Yeah, so what we do is we coach companies to have an 80-20 ratio. You want functional 80% of your employees, your team members, which are going to come in and do, you know, if you have good SOPs, they're going to come in, follow the SOPs. They're going to process business. They're going to take care of the customers. However, they're never going to be a vital employee, which is okay. You're vital that 20%, which are your entrepreneurs are the people within the organization. that are going to drive the change. They're going to understand the process. They're going to understand the SOPs. They're gonna also be able to look at those SOPs and make a changes, additional changes to enhance those and improve those, as well as they can build out systems. And that's what we call a vital or level three employee within an organization. And we're able to identify them, again, by the assessments we take, their behaviors, because really you're looking for people that are life learners, risk takers, everything that I've outlined before. And this is the soft skills of business. This is not the hard skills of business. And then what you find, which is amazing, that 80 percent of functional all of a sudden you see maybe 30 40 percent of those functional wanting to become vital because again you provided the business owners provided them the opportunity to share ideas and when they see the success of one of their ideas implemented which again goes back to the software tracking where we're giving those results back to the organization you start to see more and more ideas and you start to see that culture change and again that's why it's a 12-month process on average it could be 16 it could be eight but it's just not a it, you just don't go to the gym one time work out and say where's my muscles so that's we have we are very clear with our business owners when we start the discovery process to ensure that they are committed to it because it's also what we don't want to do is work with somebody that's not truly committed to that 12 12 month timeline for these changes to be implemented to see the roi as well we can prove out on roi on developing this type of culture within the organization.
1: I love the fact that you talked about um, SOPs. When I talk to my coaching clients about that, some of them are like almost screeching and holding their ears because they don't want to discuss those. But I think that there are are certain SOPs that are standard across industries. Mm -hmm. Which ones do you find that almost every business needs, every successful business or every successful business has?
0: Yeah, great, great question, and it's interesting. We see the same thing a lot of, and it's when you ask a business owner around SOPs, and they make that face with, oh boy, they're asking me something that that we have not focused on. It can be overwhelming. It really can be overwhelming, and we've gone into businesses like that, and we just say, just start basically writing, writing your day to day, what you're doing on a day to day basis. I believe to answer your question specifically, anything that you're doing with the customer. Any customer interfacing should have SOPs. It should be a consistent around your branding, around your communication style, around your SLAs is another big one in terms of the agreements that you're going to serve the customer. And all it is is a roadmap and a scoreboard. Um, and can, when you have an environment like that, people who like accountability, who are high performers, are attracted to that. And guess what? Your lower performers, who don't like accountability, aren't attracted to that, and they'll they will self-select them way themselves out of the organization. And you're able to attract a higher caliber team member back to the point that you made earlier. we were able to grow with less overhead from a human capital perspective because we we're really selecting the right people from an engagement perspective to join the organization.
1: Now, the great thing about this episode is that when we're done, people will be able to go back and listen to it. But also, you have a book that's going to be coming out soon. Tell us about that because we want people to go grab that as well.
0: I do. Um, it's coming out. It will be out in March of 2024. It's called Able Leadership. Enables an acronym that stands for Analyze, Build, Leverage, Execute. And what it is, it's just stories over the last 10 years of growing Unify personal stories, company stories, and it really starts with the foundation of the legacy of my dad, who his business plan hangs here behind me. Again, I mentioned he was an entrepreneur. He was my mentor. Um, And just stories about uh, from when we started our first business at the age of 23 and his teaching and coaching to me and the values that I've learned watching him and my mom run their businesses. So there's just a lot of stories. I believe it will be valuable to people, but really it was more written for myself to just give thanks to my parents for everything that they did and then talk about the stories and people can read that. It's a brown life application, not so much philosophy. And, and again, people just can take away from it that, you know what, everything that I'm doing is working or if you're a new manager or leader, you could pull a couple golden nuggets out of it that will help you.
1: That is so good. Tell me, if you had one piece of advice to share with an entrepreneur on how to play big faster, what would it be?
0: Find yourself an entrepreneur to commission with you especially if you're starting out and scaling, find that person that is aligned with you, that believes in you and don't settle and compensate that individual higher than you typically would. You will have an ROI, believe me, I guarantee it, much greater than the salary that you're paying them because entrepreneurs, they value the monetary piece of it. However, they have more excitement around, again, commissioning and helping that entrepreneur. We're the doers, entrepreneurs are the doers of the dreamers. And when you're able to align that, and again, entrepreneurs, you don't have to go out and find a hundred of these, or if you have five employees, five of them, one, that's all you need, that one special person. And that could be your COO, that could be your second command, that could be a sales leader, that could be your operations leader, but really just identify that person and you'll see, you'll see your growth tremendously. And that's what we did at Unify. And really that growth started in year five to 10. Again, I said, it's a 12 month program. Um, But when you really start attracting the right people and the culture really starts building momentum, it's magical.
1: I love that. The whole concept of co-missioning, it just, yeah, it makes so much sense when you think about it. Because really, you may be an operator in your business when you're starting out, but you really want to transition to business owner and not work on the business and not in the business is the goal.
0: That is the goal. And when I just departed Unify, The business was running on its own, hence why part of the reason I could leave in good faith and find someone to take my role because and that's what we try and teach business owners where the goal is to work you out of a job. And when I say work you out of a job, it's where you're working on the business and not a job within the business. And that's the goal. And when you're able to do that, you really see the business just go to a whole different level, especially if, say, if it's a stagnant business from a revenue perspective and they're challenged where they can't get over a million dollar mark or a two million dollar mark. That's where when we deploy this culture, all of a sudden you see it take off because, again, everyone's rowing the boat the right direction. You have an ownership mentality within the organization. And you're running the business on iOS, everything that we've talked about in regards to SOPs. And it is hard work. It is hard work. And again, you have to be committed from a leadership and management perspective to do this. But again, if you're looking at long term and just not instant gratification, it will pay dividends uh, over and over again.
1: And RJ, you didn't tell us where we can find the book when it comes out.
0: RJGrimshaw.com is really where you can find everything about me. But if you just Google RJ Grimshaw, I'm very active on social media. We are building out a website, ableleadership.com, that will be there. But rjgrimshaw.com is really the core and the home base for everything that we do.
1: Love it. Thank you so much for being with us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And until next time, play big faster.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode and remember to play big faster.